This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everyone, and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here for Come On Kind. We are on season four. This is episode three this evening, and I am delighted to be joined in the hot seat by my co-host, Mrs. Anya Farrell. Good evening, Anya. How are you this evening? I'm good, thanks, Martin. How are you? I am great, thank you very much. We had a very busy weekend of sport. Uh, We have a lot coming up in the show for you today or podcast whichever you want to call it uh, we're going to be hearing from Peter Chapclear who is the new uh, manager with the Carlo Intermediate team so he's after catching up with myself earlier this afternoon also Brianna O'Regan the Waterford goalkeeper is going to be having a chat with me as well and we will also hear from Brian Dowling and if we get uh, time later on and I can find it we'll be talking to John Carmody as well talk of the devil there he has popped up so so we'll be hearing from him. But it was a busy weekend on the Camogie front. It was the start of the very Camogie leagues. And we are going to start with Division 1A, where Kilkenny is in this group. And we're going to start with them because they travelled to the Banner County uh, in Ennis yesterday for a double header with the footballers. It was on at 12 o'clock and Kilkenny seemed to struggle in Ennis uh, Anya because they were there last year were lucky to come away with a one point victory after uh, a point in injury time but Clare ran out two point winners yesterday and really they were deserved winners yeah, they certainly were deserved winners. You, you couldn't take it away from them. Um, you know, I suppose when they kind of came out in the first half, you could see by Clare they had a massive intent on, on trying to win this game. And I suppose there was definitely, probably in the back of their mind, probably looking at the, the same fixture last year where they were beaten at the kind of last puck of the ball by Kilkenny. Um, they certainly didn't want that to happen this year. And I think for them, it was kind of be- building mentally um, upon that. And, you know, I suppose remaining relaxed and composed if they did find themselves in a situation that they would go ahead. You know, they went in 1-5 to 4 points at half time. And, you know, that goal, I suppose, by Quiva Carmody. Uh, to me, it still looks like, I think, you know, Anya Lachlan kind of got in Eva Norris's way and, you know, kind of um, corrupted her vision more so because it, it, it was, it like I'm not going to say it was a very classy goal. It wasn't. It was a, a fortunate goal, really. But listen, it, it's a goal. Nonetheless, they got it. Uh, certainly, Quiva Carmody really kind of, you know, worked through that midfield and worked through the middle uh, third of the field there, especially in the first 30 minutes she completely dominated um, Anya Lachlan certainly was a handful as well and as was Zian Splan Susan Daly and Claire Hare and Nevo D I felt for Claire certainly in the first half were absolutely phenomenal Susan Daly was just you know any of the short puckouts that were coming she was getting them but she was running halfway up the field and there was nobody kind of going to her I suppose then when you kind of come out in the second half then Kilkenny came out I think was it six unanswered points they had five and, unanswered yeah, yeah they turned to a four point deficit went a point around. ahead yeah so I mean it was, a, it was a very good second half start for him and obviously Brian had said something to them at mm-hmm. half time because whatever he did say it worked but getting back to the first half um, I don't know about you but to me it looked like Clare's play was a bit cork like 
they were really using running. a sweeper back in the defence they were running they were working the ball so well through the lines and we know Kilkenny were rusty that's not taking anything away <laughs> from Clare let's be honest Clare were well deserved winners um, and they were brilliant on the day but it certainly had a, a style of the Cork like uh, play to it and it worked very well for Clare it certainly is it's very much a, a monster kind of a style really kind of coming into it and I suppose listen look John Carmody has been around long enough to, to know you know how to win games and what tactics he needs to use and you know I suppose with a lot of this Clare team they would have been hel- heavily involved in, in Kilmally a couple of years ago when they were competing in Club All-Irelands and of course then with UL over the last couple of years too so he's definitely got a, a kind of a, a squad of experienced players and he mentioned then after that like he has a couple of new girls that are brought into it girls that he kind of sees that are able to finish out games as well and something that they perhaps were missing over the last couple of years they literally had a, they had somebody running off the shoulder at all times but they didn't at all panic over the ball and you know there was a couple of incidents especially with Nevo Dia when she was getting so far up the field she had a lot of time to really look around and see where she was going to place the ball whereas for Kilkenny it felt like they were literally just trying to get rid of the ball because Clare were literally just crowding in on top of them they were like every time you've seen a Kilkenny player there was two or three Clare players around them so fast and they were making them make those mistakes but they were always getting it they were putting up the hurl like stuff that you've probably learned when you're six or seven is always have your hurl up or get ready for the block down or whatever the case may be this we is exactly call it what, work rate yeah this is exactly what Clare were doing they were getting in there they were just they were making a real nuisance of themselves but they were making Kilkenny make mistakes that very much unseen for Kilkenny to do big time yeah really was like and even like some of the passes that Kilkenny were pushing through you know they weren't being fulfilled they weren't going straight to Kilkenny players they were going straight into the hand of a Clare player but again that was down to the other Clare players putting pressure on them they weren't even giving them a chance to think about where they were going to position the ball and I suppose yeah you're dead right work rate you have to put it down to Clare like they worked extremely hard Kilkenny did have their kind of their moment uh, in the second half over the first 10-12 minutes and that's where Clare cut that out straight away then after that they and let I think them have Brian was disappointed with it and we'll hear that a bit from him later on as well that when they did go the point ahead they mm. had the breeze they didn't push on yeah. like they I, 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 his words will come out in the the, or the interview himself when I caught up with him but I mean they really just they died flat like it left Clare come back into it and albeit there was a couple of points uh, in it you know mm-hmm. a goal we've often seen it in games where a goal can win a game by a point for you yeah. when you're two points down but Darren Murphy wasn't tested in the Clare no. uh, goal from any of my memory of the whole of the 60 plus minutes that was played No she certainly wasn't and like <sighs> Like I'm not trying to be critical or anything, but it just didn't look like we had a goal threat at all on um, at all on Saturday. And I think probably you know one player that I felt like that was maybe going to add a bit of spice to it was Sarah Barco when she come when she came in and she came off the bench and she scored a great point. And I was kind of thinking like you know what here's someone now that could rattle the back of the net like we've seen her doing plenty of time with Thomas. Down, we have you know so like I was and I was kind of waiting nearly for that to happen. Uh, but like you know she was only on the she like when she came in she made exactly she kind of put the lads thinking about her maybe putting herself up for grabs for a starting position next week and she you know she made an instant impact as did Asha McCarty when she came in as well but yeah I just you know Kilkenny just couldn't push on for them but again like it's only the first round 
I wouldn't panic at all about it but you have to say it clear when they got that second goal what a rasper of a shot by Anya Lachlan she literally had so much strength to, strength to get that ball she just pushed the Kilkenny players around for him now Aoife Norris did get to it and it kind of ricocheted back off her hurling into the back of the net something that Aoife would be very very disappointed with I think because you know we're not used to seeing Kilkenny leak goals and especially not two goals realistically like um, and I think like you know she would be disappointed with that as well but you have to say that goal she took it and it was absolutely excellent you know Chloe Morey who I suppose Clear have probably relied on an awful lot over the last couple of years definitely yeah, wasn't herself it, she did look like she was nearly hobbling around the field at one stage and she was taken off then as well she only scored one point and that was from a free and she missed one and or she two wasn't points. taking the close in freeze no, either and she missed a couple of the frees that she would probably have scored with her eyes closed because you know if I can recall back in this league fixture last year it was nearly a shootout between herself and Denise Gall on the freeze it was and but look what happened in 2020 when they beat us inside yeah, in Nolan Parker do you know so like I just look and I think for for Claire, okay, obviously if Chloe is injured, they, that's obviously a worry for them. But it was probably great to see other players standing up and stepping up to the mark. Like Quiva Carmody, she caused hell last year, she caused more hell this uh, again at the weekend. But I have to say, like, the backs really for me, for Claire, I thought they were excellent. The way they defended, they always had a player back and it wasn't necessarily always the same player that was doing the sweeping role, but this was their game plan. They knew exactly what they had to do and the whole team was tuned into what exactly they needed to do on the day. And you have to say Claire well and truly deserved that victory. Well, talking about a great victory, let's hear from their manager, John Carmody, who you managed to catch up with after the game yesterday. I'm joined by John Carmody, manager of the Clear Senior Camogie team. John, you must be happy with that result. Yeah, thrilled. Um, do you know we're? Um, we know we, like you're all kicking coming up here today, All Ireland champions. Uh, you know, and, and fantastic All Ireland champions. We would have played them in May last year, and and we were going well at the time in a challenge match down in Anacarty and how they pushed on from you know we beat them on the day down there. But it was only a challenge match, but. How can he? It's a lesson for us. They circled the wagons, went to work hard on the training field, and had a brilliant championship campaign, culminating that Ireland. So, you know, we'd have nothing but admiration for Kilkenny, but we're trying to get to the standards they have set. So, we were aware of that coming in here today. I guess last year here in the league, Kilkenny uh, beat us with the, the last puck of the ball. Yeah. And uh, we were conscious of that coming in today. Could we stay with Kilkenny and, and could we finish it out? And as it happened, that's the way it panned out. I think we were happy at half time, but. Kilkenny Shrubbed Champions they were within five minutes at a four point lead overturned and went to pint up and uh, we emptied our bench in and we got a good uh, we say whatever you look we got a good reaction from the bench and, and a good boost to the team and for the next 20 minutes I think we dominated the game and, and stayed stuck to the game plan and uh, finished strong and I think that, whereas last year we'd have been losing these games yeah. we looked comfortable enough in the end in, mm. in, the, in that we were never in danger of, of losing the three point lead so I suppose a bit of luck we, we got the goal at the right time as well yeah. So, you know, that gave us the cushion to finish out. Yeah, it certainly looked like a player team today compared to the one that we've seen in the league last year. They've even grown mentally as well. Like, they didn't panic at all over the ball, especially when Kilkenny were kind of maybe getting on top of them within the first 10, 12 minutes of that first half, or that second half. Would that be fair to say? It would. Look, we have tremendous leaders out there. We had a tremendous Munster Championship campaign last year where we beat Tipperary, drew with them in Torles, beat them in Gaelic Grounds, and took Cork to double extra time in the Munster Championship final in Parky Reen. And those were huge learning courses for all girls you know they, they're mentally known that they can now compete with the best and 
this year we set about last year we felt our panel wasn't strong enough and this year we set about trying to recruit the, the four or five girls we needed yeah. to you know to help push us over the line and I think you saw that there today we were on five subs yeah. and every one of them made an impact coming in and that helped us whereas last year we didn't have that impact from the bench and we were kind of hang on the first 15 mm-hmm. and uh, I think that has been the difference the, the growth of the panel and the impact of the bench Yeah it certainly has and I suppose next week now it's another big test for you down to Cork but after today's performance and results you're certainly going to be going down with confidence yeah, look, a huge challenge. I think Cork put up a huge score yesterday against Dublin, so yeah. we'll be under no illusions. For us, it's about learning. You know, we want to go there and put back-to-back performances now, and I'm not too worried about the result down there. What we want is a performance that we're there with them coming into the closing stages and see how our girls react and can they learn from that. But, yeah, look, at this win was a massive boost for Terry Bogey and... Um, yeah, it doesn't come with Cork next week, Galway the week after, so yeah. it's great learning for these girls. Yeah, exactly. Thanks very much, John, and congratulations. Thanks, great Thank match. You. Thank you. Good woman, Anya. Great interview there with John Carmody. Of course, I caught up with Brian Dowling. Let's get the other side of that game. He was on the losing end of that, and here's what Brian had to say to me afterwards. Brian Dowlin, disappointing result in the first round of the National League, but I don't think anyone will be pushing the panic buttons just yet. Give us your overall view, though, of the game against Clare. Yeah, look, very disappointed. Um, obviously, we came down here to win, and we, we didn't do that, but um, look, we didn't deserve to win. Um, we were second best there. For most, we hurled for 10 minutes, and I thought we played brilliant for 10 minutes after half time, but completely dropped tempo then after that, and the Clare back into it. And um, look, it's a very disappointing result, and just shows we've, we've a huge amount of work to do now to, to get back again. We said it in commentary, it's very unusual for us to be saying that Kilkenny is after conceding two goals. One of them was probably a fluke, the second one was well taken. What was your view of them? So look, the two goals were probably, you know, mistakes on our part. So I think a lot of scores that Clare scored were, were, you know, kind of always making mistakes and, you know, our composure on the ball in the first half wasn't good. Look, as I said, we're not going to panic. Um, we obviously we're back a, bit, a couple of weeks later we haven't as much work done as we'd like to have done and you know you can't go straight back into and overload players either so we have to be very careful and um, we're looking saying that Clare we're well up for today since I've been involved every time we've met Clare in the league we've never had an easy game they always put it up to us um, you know in Nolan Park they bet us uh, in 2020 last year we got a point in injury time to win so look we knew it was going to be a huge battle and unfortunately we came up short today Clare played very well especially in the first half but whatever you said to the girls at half time certainly had an effect coming out and rattling five unanswered points in the second half yeah look said so, no just, we weren't happy at the first half but it was a, the wind was very very strong you know it was a very difficult wind to play into in the first half and I was kind of ha- you know four points down against that wind wasn't bad and we had it overturned within ten minutes I thought we'd push on but we didn't push on that's the most disappointing thing to get that point up with the wind twenty minutes ago we were in we had all the momentum and, and we just dropped off completely look maybe that's just a lack of fitness and stuff like that but um look we just have to look at ourselves now and we huge battle against Galway they lost last week and um you know we have to go on next Saturday now and it's uh, it's a huge game but you you're basically gone out of the league if you lose that so you know it's it's crucial next Saturday now and look we're just looking for a better performance I suppose Only two of your starting inside six scores today no real goal chances scored either small bit disappointing on the forwards probably half as well yeah, look, it's a disappointing score. I suppose if you look back at our scores last year and year before in the league, they're probably not massively high. I think it takes a bit of time to get going. And look, I said, like, we haven't much hurling done. You know, we're trying to get the fitness into the girls. We're training under lights and, you know, we've girls away at the moment. We're not bringing them back on Tuesday nights. So there'll be small numbers during the week. And look, we're just trying to get as much hurling into them as we can. But that's, it's very limited at the moment. You know, we can't wait for the long evenings to go forward. And look, we're just going to try our best for the rest of the league. Just uh, try to be more competitive than we were out there today and try to get a few victories. But um, look, we, we haven't got much time. To, to you know, lick our wounds, I suppose. We just have to get on with it now and try to uh, get a better performance against Galway. 
you have a couple of new players in on the panel as well is it now time that you're going to look at these players maybe during the National League especially if the results depending on what way they go next week I know you're going to want a result against Galway but if that wasn't going to be the case are you going to try new players during the league? Yeah, we're always open to try new players you know but I keep saying to the girls they have to earn the, the chance they can't just be thrown in from, from nowhere you know they have to earn it in training and you know I know a lot of girls were away at the Ashburn and stuff up to now but um, look again they have to earn that and we brought in new girls today at the start, brought girls on and you know when they get the chance they have to take it and you know um, you know, we just we will be definitely looking at more girls and we want to make our panel stronger for the rest of the year so we're trying to mix and match as best we can and you know if girls take their chance they'll, they'll, stay, they'll keep the jersey then as simple as that is next week a bit of added spice the fact that Tipperary beat Galway yesterday and you have them now at home in UPMC Nolan Park next Saturday as well looking forward to it? Oh, yeah, I should look try to go over today first I suppose very disappointing um, you know, it's not nice coming down here. It was an early start, you know, a long trip down and stuff like that, but, you know, that's not an excuse. And look, Galway, no matter when we play Galway, whether it's a league or championship, it's always a great game and we always want to beat them, they always want to beat us. So I think we always bring the best out of each other. So look, hopefully we'll improve from today. I'm sure Galway will be looking to improve from yesterday and I'm sure they'll make a, a good game. And any of the injuries that went off today, anything serious or a clean bill of health for next week? No, I don't think we pick up any injuries today. Katie Power just dislocated her finger there, but just popped back in. Um, so look, I don't think we picked up any, any new injuries. Um, Claire Field had an injury coming in so I didn't risk her today but obviously we gave her 20 minutes there um, Laura Murphy's away on was away with, with school on a, a trip so she'll be back for next week but apart from that we'll probably be the same panel again OK perfect thanks Brian Alright thanks lads okay. Well that was Brian Dowling chatting to me afterwards disappointed with the performance but still looking forward to the game against Galway this weekend In the other lot of games in Division 1A then we had Cork having a comfortable win against Dublin on you 317 to 5 points and I suppose the news coming out of Dublin is that Paul Kelly is after stepping away as manager of the Dublin team and there's uh, now a new uh, set of management in place there but a good result for Cork nonetheless but not so good result for Dublin Yes, certainly great results and you know it's be kind of going out in the first round of the league and trotting up a score like 317 to 5 points you know it's it's a massive score and it's really kind of pushing a marker down for the rest of the teams this year and you know it's what a game it's kind of setting up for themselves and for Clare this weekend um, you know both teams going in with two great victories you know for Dublin obviously very very disappointed with that I suppose they had such great such great campaign last year in the in the championship that they would have been kind of hoping to bounce up from that um, obviously with a new management team then in and we don't really know how new of the new the latest management team is it probably put a bit of upset into the camp and whatever the case may be but you know Dublin are just going to have to turn around and they're going to have to respond to that They certainly are well they're going to have to turn around quickly because uh, they have a game coming up at the weekend the other game in the the 1A to finish off the round is Tipperary and Galway and we know we have Galway coming the weekend and they're going to be a wounded warrior as well because Tipperary beat him in the rag 4-9 to 1-9 that's a good result for Tipperary yeah, huge result for Tipperary. Really is a, a massive, massive score for Tipperary and they'll be absolutely delighted with that and I suppose they'll be looking to the next game against Dublin as well to to really kind of cement themselves at the top of the group there. And I know when you're kind of looking at the Galway team, you could maybe say that there probably wasn't a lot of familiar faces in it. I think definitely the, the biggest omission for me was Sarah Dervin. And, you know, is there a question mark around whether Sarah Dervin is going to be available, available to Galway this year? Who knows? Now, maybe that's just absolute speculation at the moment. Or maybe she's just getting a rest, um, you know, for the league or whatever the case may be. But it certainly looked like she she was she was definitely missed there in the full back line. I know Shauna Healy stood into the full back position, but Shauna Healy's been so used to playing cornerback for so many years. Now she's definitely learned from the best. Yeah. But like... 
it, it is another massive task there and I suppose it's Sean huge, Healy yeah. being announced as the captain of the mm-hmm. Galway senior team probably throws you know more rumour into the rumour mill and whether Sarah Jarvin is available and you know I believe the I believe the goalie for Galway is only very new as well into the panel this year so you know definitely a couple of new faces to Galway and they'll be looking to build on that as well Well they certainly will they won't have much time to build because obviously we have another round of games on at the weekend the first one is going to be Cork and Clare that's going to take place in Parky Reen uh, on a Saturday at 3pm Uh Clare and Cork we see what happened Clare last uh, yesterday against us we see what Cork done to Dublin but when these two teams met in the Munster final last year it mm-hmm. took two periods of extra time and Clare were unlucky not to come away with a victory in that one can you see an upset in this? Do you know what I really think there will be I think like I think if Clare had maybe I think if Kilkenny had beaten Clare at the weekend I think it might be a different story but I think now Clare are probably going into this game with a massive boost of confidence after beating Kilkenny the All-Ireland Champions they know that it went to extra time and extra time extra extra time in the Munster Championship last year against Cork so I think they're going to push on from this and I think that they could actually cause a major shock here and my God what a story it would be beating Cork and beating Kilkenny the last last year's All-Ireland finalist like it would be a huge thing for them but I think the way Clare would well, be a big statement from massive them massive statement and I th- but I think the way Clare performed at the weekend I know Cork listen they turn up a massive score against Dublin but I think the way Clare if Clare can perform the same way again this weekend I think they'll be in with a massive shot against Cork uh, the next game then is Dublin and Tipperary. Tipperary coming away with the victory uh, against Dublin. That game is in, or against Galway it was. They're playing Dublin this weekend. The game is on in Parnell Park on Saturday at 2 o'clock. The same teams met in the Championship last year mm-hmm. where we expected Tipperary to come away with a victory. It didn't yeah. happen. Is history going to repeat itself or has Tipperary's good start again Galway going to continue the weekend? Yeah, I think Tipperary are going to really kind of make an amends for their championship campaign last year and an awful, people, an awful lot of people had maybe spoke about how disappointing that they were in the championship last year and I think this is where they're going to have to start maybe kind of rebuilding themselves as a unit. So I do think that obviously, listen, going up to Dublin, it's not going to be an easy task but I think if momentum is with anybody at the moment, it's certainly going to be with Tipperary and I'd be expecting a good win from them there. Okay, and the last game then obviously in that group is going to be ourselves and Galway that has a 3pm throw-in in UPMC Nolan Park on Saturday afternoon as well how do you see this one going? Do you know what it's going to be tight I think it's going to be tight I think both teams are going to be I think it's going to be an excellent game of Camogie I think both teams are going to be absolutely rattled that they did that they're after coming out two defeats in the first round um, but you would have to be looking at Kilkenny in this like I think and I'm only kind of looking at the team that Galway had put out last week and I think that Kilkenny definitely have the stronger and I think Kilkenny would be enough I would be very much hurt that they were beaten in the first round of the league um, the league this year so I would be expecting Kilkenny to come out with a victory in that Well if you look at that one potentially whoever loses that game if there is a, a yeah. runner or a loser in that game either one of them is not going to be in the league uh, knockout stages yeah. later on because if you win two games like it's virtually the end of your league campaign Yeah it's very early days to be knocked out and especially probably the top two teams in the country realistically at this stage to be knocked out of the league very early you know it's it's definitely not going to bode well for them and they're certainly not going to be able then to, to you know see a lot of players which both teams really need to do as well well we'll move on then to Division 1B and we start with Antrim and Down Antrim had a very comprehensive 5-14 to 14 victory over Down the teams were a bit closer last year when they met but Antrim certainly seemed to be putting down a statement in Division 1B I think they're going to be pushing very hard to get promotion to Division 1A 
Yeah, I think so. And I think if they keep going at the rate they're going, they're certainly going to do that. You know, I suppose when you kind of look at um, Division 1B there now at the moment, you're probably looking at the likes of Antrim, Wexford, Waterford, really to kind of be looking at the definitely the top three teams in that. And Antrim are just really like they're building and they're getting stronger and stronger as the years go on. And there's definitely massive work being done in Antrim over the last couple of years, winning intermediate All-Irelands, winning junior All-Irelands. And you know what? Themselves and down, they always have a ding-dong match, but it certainly looks like Antrim are really starting to kind of make sure that they are going to be the best team in Ulster up there anyway for the start of it. Well, a good start for Antrim in that game. Wexford newly promoted. They mm-hmm. were in Division 2 last year year obviously with the reshaping of the uh, divisions this year that we have Division 1A and Division 1B Wexford is now in Division 1B they played Limerick Limerick got to the quarterfinals last year of the championship were defeated by Waterford but they had a, a decent enough campaign one would yep. say but John Lillis I think is going to be disappointed that he didn't come out with a victory against Wexford mm, Do you know what Like I, th- I, that's not a big massive shock to me to be honest with you I definitely think that Wexford were going to push themselves um, in the Division 1B like I feel feel like Wexford are a team that have this very they set a high standard for themselves and they expect to be playing at 1A and that's where they want to be and if they're going to be serious contenders for the O'Duffy Cup they need to be playing at 1A as well so to me it's not a it's not a massive shock but like definitely you know by all accounts looks like it was a was a tight contest anyway yeah, well, it certainly was. And the other game then, not so much of a, a tight contest where no. Waterford was fairly comprehensive victories, 4.22 to 1.9 over Offaly. And Waterford will be another one of those teams, like you said, that is going to be pushing to get out of Division yeah. 1B up into 1A where they want to play and progress uh, like they did in the Championship last year. They want to go uh, one step further. Yeah, they certainly do. And I suppose like for Waterford, having gotten to an All-Ireland semi-final last year, probably could have really pushed on in that All-Ireland semi-final I think Should have Yeah I think they'll feel that they kind of nearly left that one behind for them and they need to really rebuild on that and regroup on that I think Waterford again something very similar to Wexford will be pushing to get to be playing at the at the top seed um, next for the next league campaign anyway so yeah good, really good result for them 4-22 big score to be thrown up as well on the first day Okay that takes us then to this weekend's fixtures uh, we have Limerick and Antrim uh, on first we have no venue or a time yet because I'm assuming potentially that could be a halfway venue uh, depending on the distance between the two counties but how do you see this one going uh, after both teams performances last weekend? Yeah, uh, like, you know, I think you'll have to seriously look at Antrim there. I think they're just at the moment, they seem to be the team that are really kind of showcasing exactly what they can do and I would be expecting Antrim to come out with a victory in that I think Limerick obviously listened very disappointed with the result from last weekend but I think when it all comes down to it I think Antrim are going to going to pip that one OK a battle then between Waterford and Wexford the two teams met in the league semi-final mm-hmm. last year was Wexford coming out on top in that one have we a role reversal this year? Do you think the Waterford can overturn it or can Wexford keep their good form going? No, I think Waterford are going to I think Waterford are going to come away with the victory in this one. And it's at home in uh De La Salle as well for Waterford, you know, and I think it's oh it's Liz Dem- Liz Dempsey is actually refereeing it. Yeah, I think you're going to be looking at a Waterford victory there. I think they really are going to push hard. Like I would be kind of saying like they will be putting themselves very much 
top position in the Division 1B this year. Yeah, I should have actually said that is in the De La Salle Grace Dew grounds uh, up on the top of the hill at 2 o'clock because uh, De La Salle have two uh, grounds so it's not the one in Clayboy, it's the one in Grace Dew just to be make sure if you are attempting to go to it. The other game then and the last one in that group is down and Offaly. It has a 2pm throw-in in Leitrim, Fontenoy's two teams really struggling for form at the minute uh, how do you see this one going along yeah I think you're looking at down a down victory here especially Offaly having to go up to down I just do you know what I don't know what it is with Offaly at the moment I really feel like they're going to struggle they struggled big time last year and I hate saying it about any team but they just don't seem to they just don't seem to be kind of up in their game with, after every year Like, and I do think as much as they don't want to go down, I do think that it, this is a, this is a chance for them to really start regrouping and rebuilding. And I just don't think that they can do that at one B. Like I, I would be looking at down to come out with a victory there. Okay, well that brings us on then to the two A uh, groupings. Um, I just need to check that. Uh, yep, yeah, that is correct. So the two A division. Then we had Derry and Cavan playing at the weekend, and Derry uh, coming away with a two thirteen to one seven victory. I think you did predict that Derry was going to win this one. Yeah, sure did. I'd be expecting Derry to do very well two A this year. Um, I think that they are certainly going to be one of the teams that are going to be in it at the latter stages. Cavan have only been newly promoted everything for them is going to be they're going to be looking towards championship they're going to be looking at all these teams as where the, at the standard that they need to be at by all means like you know it, it was a good scoreline them for for them to you know rake up against Derry but I think Derry will def, definitely will be pushing on Kerry is certainly on the open you can see that from the game last weekend getting played in the uh, Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney great yeah. opportunity for the Kerry Camogie women yeah. uh, and fair play to the uh, the county board for doing that they took on Westmeath uh, long journey for Westmeath but it was a cracking game albeit low scoring 9 points to 1-6 we had a draw yeah, I think it goes to show the defensive plays from both teams. And it's always been something with um, Kerry and Westmead throughout the years. Like they play very, very much defensive and they, they kind of, and that's their style of play and that's how they want to play. And that's how it's very, very hard to actually break them down when you do go up against them. So no kind of big shock to see low scoring, low scores for both teams. But again, I would have expected Kerry to come out with a victory in that. But again, it's Westmead. They've been causing trouble in every division that they played in over the last couple of years so they'll be I, I reckon Westmead will probably be the happier team coming out with that other draw The last game in that group then is Leash and Meath they played uh, on last Saturday as well it was a close game it was mm. a tight game but Meath came away with the victory 2-7 to 1-6 I suppose made even more impressive the fact that the announcement made during the week that Jane Dolan has retired from Intercounty Camogie Yeah and what a servant she's been for Meath Camogie for so many years like she, she's she, broke our hearts on yeah, several occasions like, and you know what she really has spearheaded any meat attack and any meat team over the last couple of years like and she's always been just so consistent I, mean, I don't think I think you'd have to go a long way for anybody in me to say that they've ever seen Jane Dolan have a bad game for me like when she puts on that jersey she's literally she just gives it her all and you know she's been such a servant such an ambassador for Camogie as well um, seems to be a very very nice person as well and a great role model Mead Kamogi will be very, very, um, you know, they'll be, they'll miss they'll her. Miss her yeah. yeah, they'll be very sorry without her, I think, going forward. But, you know, 
she has been absolutely immense for them but it's, it's time for me now somebody else needs to step up and you know fill fill her shoes big shoes to fill but a great result for Meath nonetheless Well we'll move it on then to this weekend's fixtures and we have Cavan and Leash again great to see Cavan they're playing in Kinspan Kingspan even rather Breffney Park uh, with a 2pm throw-in Cavan versus Leash Anya Farrell who's going to win this one? I'm going to go with Leash in this game not going to say too much on it I just think that I think Cavan will struggle but as I said I think it. this is new territory for them and I think they're going to learn an awful lot playing in this division this year Okay, we have Meath and Kerry then that's going to take place in Trim GAA at 2 o'clock on Saturday uh, afternoon Who's going to win this one? I'd be expecting a Meath victory in this especially with a, ho- with a home game but again Kerry Kerry won't be, t- won't be lying down too easy but I would be expecting Meath to come out there with a win well we know the footballers always brought out the best in one another great mm-hmm. rivalry and that one we'll see if the Camogie can become a certain rivalry as well the last game then in that uh, Division 2A is the meeting of Westmead and Derry that has a 3pm throw in in TEG Cusick Park in Mullingar on Saturday afternoon and if Derry has aspirations of getting out of this group for promotion do you think they can beat Westmead or Will Westmead do like they do with a lot of teams at home and turn Derry over? Do you know what it is? Like Westmead are very hard to break down when they're at home, but Derry don't travel well. And I think this is where Westmead could actually overturn them. I feel like Derry need to be winning games like this if they want to have any ambition in the latter stages of the of the league and the championship. That's a tough task. I know myself from going to play Westmead and Westmead. It is a, it's her an horrendous task to have to come up with. So don't be surprised if it's a draw, but I think Westmead could slightly edge this game. Okay, well we'll put Westmead down for that one. Uh, the Division 2B is slightly different because it's only for the teams that have two teams in the Tier 1 counties. So the likes of ourselves, Cork, Tipperary, Galway, Wexford are all in the Division 2B with no promotion or relegation out of that uh, division. And in the first game on Saturday at 1 o'clock, we have Cork and Tipperary in the Cork Camogie grounds. How do you see this going? Joe, it's so hard to know with teams that with teams that have second counties that have second teams in it. What kind of um, what kind of a team they're actually going to produce every year when it comes to the when it comes to the league? Um, obviously, the only team that we'll know anything about is going to be Kilkenny. But I suppose, like, if you're to kind of go on form and kind of go on, you know, past past games, you would be kind of looking at Cork to come out victory in this one. Okay, so we'll put it down for Cork. The second one then is obviously we were going to hope for a double header in a UPMC Nolan Park on uh, Saturday coming, but it's not going to be the case. So Kilkenny and Galway uh, is going to be at one o'clock in Clara. How do you see this one going? Yeah, disappointing, I suppose. Obviously, it's not a double header because, you know, there probably will be some girls that will probably be a couple of girls maybe lapping between both of them and having to. I know Clara's literally only out the road, but I suppose it's a long day for these girls. Like, they're going to be probably expected to be in Clara for 12 o'clock, which means they're going to have to be up very, very early, have all their prep done in the morning and whatever the case may be. But, you know, I think it's going to be a tough task day one for Kilkenny in this, and it's going to be a very much a new 
new Kilkenny outfit that we're going to see as well but I think it's a really good opportunity It's also a new one for Galway because yeah. let's remember they won the All-Ireland last year kind so third outfit for Galway You know they can't play any of the, yeah. the girls that won that so I mean Carl Murray has a big headache because he has so many girls available at senior level yeah. not so many because you have a new team then coming in and uh, the new Galway manager is going to be putting a team together mm-hmm. so really there are two new outfits uh, going yeah. head to head in this one but who's going to win it? Do you know what like I would have to think I think Kilkenny will come out in this I think like we have such a really good stock um, especially coming through to underage over the last couple of years I would be expecting to see an awful lot of those faces in there plus the fact that I think both the inter-county championship the club championship in Kilkenny the last two years especially has been extremely strong that I would think that there's going to be a lot of new faces that we're probably not as familiar with that are going to be um, featuring on that Kilkenny team so I would be expecting and I'd be hoping for a good Kilkenny victory there Well we certainly will hope it. as we said just a pity that there wasn't uh, a double header but we can understand why yeah. uh, that was going to be the case in other Camogie news uh, the Loretto B St. Patrick's of Mahara to win the Alliance post-primary senior A final last weekend I think for the 8th or ninth time I think it's the 8th time um, yeah. in their history mm-hmm. Uh it was a comprehensive win to be fair to them uh, I thought St. Pat's might have put up a, a little better showing um, or might have been a bit closer to it but the Loretto certainly had their homework done they blew them out of the water in the first half just continued the second half really and uh, got over the line with it so a great win for the school and sure you'd know because you're a former student Yeah absolutely brilliant for Loretto I think you know they certainly do have the cream of the crop when it comes to players in Kilkenny and a lot of these then have you know are fed into the intercounty system as well and I suppose when you probably look at our senior and intermediate squads there at the moment a lot of them would be would be either current students of Loretto or former students from Loretto as well. I think, you know, half time there were 13 points to one going in at half time and it probably didn't look like they were going to be in any under any pressure at all. I suppose everyone was probably possibly maybe looking at the Ursuline semi-final as potentially the All-Ireland final and the way they came out of that and the style and the manner that they came out of that and then you know to play St. Pat's and Mara who have great history up in Ulster they've been fantastic Ulster champions as well And but you played against St. Pat's as yeah. well I mean they are a tough outfit to beat Yeah they are Was it like No it wasn't St. Pat's it was St. Mary's and Mara Felt Was that um, who it yeah, was? Yeah St. Mary's and Mara Felt they were always the team that we used to always come up against and by God they were tough there was between ourselves and Claustro Bridge and Escorty so you had like the Lacey's the Jacobs basically the whole Wexford Intercounty squad was uh-huh, you knew about team. it then yeah and then you had uh, Milford you'd actually Charville down in Cork so that you had like Ashling Thompson Anna Geary all your reardons you had basically a Cork outfit um, but you know so yeah we we unfortunately didn't get to win any All-Irelands we competed in in All-Ireland finals numerous ones but uh, never managed to I always feel like when I leave these places it's the same when I left WIT like I won one Ashburn and next thing all of a sudden they win five in a row and then I leave Loretto and they start <laughs> winning All-Irelands left right and centre um, I was unfortunate. Is that trying to tell you something on you? I think yeah. so. I think so. It's like, get rid of this one. We can't win anything. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's great. You know what? It's great history for, it's great for Loretto. You know, looking at, looking at some of the players there, Amy Clifford had one, four scored. Um, Emma Mulhall had three points scored. Um, Rachel Kelly had two points. Lauren Yeast, um, a point. Cueva Kermerta, who was our top, giant top scorer in the Intermediate Championship this year. She, she was. She point, yeah. Julie Lennon, you know, Young Ireland who caused havoc for you, Young Ireland this year. The point Keir Dunn for my own club in Tullerone. What a player she's going to be. She's also, she's captain of the 
the Loretto Junior team as well next weekend. Like I'm just going to actually come to that because yeah. they could potentially do a double. Do they a have double. the All Ireland on next weekend. Yeah, they would. It'd be absolutely brilliant for them. You have um, Hannah. You have Hannah Dohany scored a point. Um, Rachel Dowling scored a point, and you have Neve Hulhan who also scored a point. Brilliant for them to see. Of course, my own club mates, Rachel Brennan's captain, and Hannah Dohany as well um, on the team too. So yeah, really, really good for Loretto. Excellent for them, and they're going to be, you know, going on to try and compete the Dublin. What an achievement will be to compete the Dublin, and it really kind of puts them down as definitely the best school in the whole of Ireland when it comes to Camogie. Well, it certainly does come to that one. Obviously, we have uh, another team that's going to be partaking in an All-Ireland final and that is Kalashta Eoin Rhee who had a very tough semi-final the last day. Uh, it was a draw. It went yeah. to a replay and they went all the way to Limerick uh, to take on the uh, opposition um, which is not on my sheet here in front of me and I can't remember for the life of me actually who it was. So I do apologise about that but the important thing is that they are going to be taking on Gort Community school in the Alliance All-Ireland Senior B final uh, this weekend coming. We don't have any details of a venue. It is Saturday but we don't know where yet. Um, But a great achievement for Kalosh to Ownry and sure Noel O'Driscoll has been training teams out there for many, many years Uh, and it was uh, Laurel Hill. Uh, Kalosta, that's who it was. So yeah, well done to Kalosta and Re on that one. But yeah, there's a were they in the final? Did they get to the final last year? Did something well, tell me and they were beaten in the final? This is only the first year formed, isn't it? Like isn't yeah, but uh, Saint uh, Brid Callum uh, itself with the Saint Bridget's part of it. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure in it. Got something to tell yeah. me they were in the All-Ireland last year. It's terrible. There's so many matches on now it's so hard to keep track of them all. But look, the very best of luck to Kalosh to Eoin uh, against Gort in their All-Ireland Senior B mm-hmm. uh, post-primary final at the weekend as well and I know there's a lot of obviously uh, Kilkenny players that's involved with minors mm-hmm. with uh, Callan and Winegap and the surrounding area St. Bridget's uh, there as well so well done to everyone involved in that the big news uh, at the moment coming out of it is that the All-Stars had announced a trip uh, to Canada uh, over the last week and that is going to be taking place in Calgary um, for the 2021 and the 2022 All-Stars and this was announced by the Camogie Association and the PWC so it was great to see the All-Stars back however there is disharmony between the GPA and inter-county managers because the fact is that the All-Star trip is going to be concluding on Thursday the 25th of May May when players will arrive home just one week before they are due to start in the uh, senior uh, intermediate and the junior championship and a lot of the players including the GPA are not happy with this decision Anya what's your thoughts on it? <laughs> Listen it's great it's at the tri- it's a trip of a lifetime it would be absolutely brilliant for them to uh, get to go to Canada um, but do you know what they are absolutely dead right a week before championship is absolutely farcical um, how you can expect players um, of the calibre of who's going to be going um, to be going out to play like I know like they're going they're basically going on a holiday for five or six days but like they're going to be in the height of training for championship what they've been training all year for this could have been left to an earlier stage in the year or the latter stage of the year Maybe I'm only speculating here but because obviously this is taking part in Calgary and Canada and Calgary is obviously obviously a, a venue for Olympic finals um, uh, etc does it all depend on weather out there oh, come on but seriously 
I don't know. I'm, I know. I'm only I speculating I here. So. I don't think so. I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's people who just assume that this is when that they can go. They probably literally looked at a calendar and said, oh, look, there's nothing there in May. Let's just get them gone or whatever the case may be. But I think that they forget like the build up that's going to be on. Like I know for, I know for a fact, like if I was a manager of one of the senior inter-county squads and I had even four or five players, even two or three players going on an all-star trip a week before championship, I would not be best impressed. I think it's, you're going on a holiday basically. I think this also indicates the problems that they are potentially with split season because yeah. you're not going to be able to have an All-Stars uh, tour during the period of club championships. No. So, I mean, you really are caught. You're caught, trying to squeeze it in between the provincial championships now yeah. and the start of the All-Ireland series as well. So I can understand why it has been put there, but it's certainly for practicality end of things, um, it doesn't really make make mm. things much good like for players themselves for inter-county managers yeah. uh, etc but look hopefully things will prevail and everything will go well because like it's a great it trip, is. trip and it's a brilliant opportunity and we're not saying anything like that no like no it is. not like passionate was, no absolutely not Like, and it needs to be done it's great that it's been done and now I feel like we're all kind of like ah god this is ridiculous we're not giving out that they're going on it absolutely not it's just we're kind of just maybe claiming that it's just very much um I'm sure they could go anytime. Yeah, like it's very much the fact that they're going a week before championship. Like put it for example on this, would you see the hurlers going on their all-star trips a week before championship? No. Exactly. I definitely couldn't you see know, that you happening. Imagine Derek Ling, John Kiley, you know, all these senior managers. Imagine all of these lads turning around. Imagine a load of players going to... Because, like, let's be realistic. With Kilkenny, and it's probably going to affect Kilkenny and Galway more so than any other county. But imagine the girls going to Brian Dowlin and saying, hey, Brian, uh, there's 12 or 13 of us off there on the All-Star trip now the week before the championship. And Brian having to go himself the week before championship. Nah. Doesn't that then though put pressure on the players whether they go or not? Like I mean I think they'll all I don't know, I think they'll all just come together and make a decision themselves. I can't see any of them going to be honest with you. Unless they're retired and they're not playing. I think well, that's the only let's thing. Let's ho- hopefully now they yeah. will because I mean as I said they do deserve it and it is a great trip. They do so, deserve it. Yeah. But just a different time. And like if it, if it is because of the weather, maybe let's go maybe just go somewhere else then. You know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I'm only speculating yeah. here. I mean, I'm only reading it. What's on the? Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant opportunity. Yeah. I'd love to be going myself. And if hey, listen, if they can't get anyone to go, I'll go instead of them. No problem at all. <laughs> no problem. I'll go. Hands up. We'll we'll find others to go. No problem. Yeah. Uh, one other game took place at the weekend as well that was the minor B Leinster semi-final where Kilkenny took on Meath mm-hmm. and a very good victory for Meath it's Meath's first team obviously Kilkenny's second team uh, and a, a big victory there for Meath in that one so we wish them the very best of luck in their uh, Leinster final as well obviously that does conclude the, the championship for the minor Bs because the minor Bs can't take part in uh, an All-Ireland yeah. competition as well so I know there's a bit of furore going out, uh, over that and about maybe the lack of uh, game time for the B teams and counties looking at maybe whether they put in a B team in the competitions or yeah. not but look anyway that's for uh, another day but um, that basically brings us to the end of the 
camogie uh, end of things when it comes to the fixtures for the weekend the results from last week uh, news that's coming about but obviously it is a big week uh, end as well for uh, players um, and for managers and we know that Carlo is not out in the first round of their National League until the weekend of the 4th and 5th of March and Carlo have a new manager this mm-hmm. year and it is Peter Chapclear and Peter was training Clara last year he got Clara to the county semi-final where yeah. they played Thomastown a very good manager and I suppose the fact that there is a split season helps the like of people like Chap because they can yeah. then have club duties they can have county duties and I know that he's a very competitive man and he wants to win things and no doubt he's going to do great things with Carlo and earlier on this afternoon before I get on your thoughts on Chap because she's going to be able to hear this as well. I caught up with Peter Chapclear, the new manager for Carlo, and this is what Chap had to say to me. I am delighted to be joined on the phone by the wonderful Peter Chapclear, who is down from the Great Nirmanaskyok Vosteen direction, and he is the new Carlo Camogie manager. Good evening, Chap. How are you? Martin, how are you, Keaton? I am great now, thanks be to God. Busy day here, uh, trying to get everything prepared now for this evening. But uh, look, the weather is nice, the spring is in, the late evenings are hopefully coming back very quickly and we're all preparing to get ready for a National League game, which you're in the middle of doing. You have your first game out on the 4th of March and it's an away game against Louth. Absolutely, yeah. No more than anybody, I suppose, with the evenings getting a little bit longer. Uh, there's fierce excitement and a fierce buzz around the place at the moment to... To try and get back into a little bit of competitive action, um, we've had a, a nice little pre-season uh, in Carlow this year, uh, and we're really looking forward to the to the year ahead. Um, I suppose look, we're, we're first and foremost going to try and be incredibly competitive, and we'll see where that takes us then as the year goes on. But uh, I'm very happy with the squad we've assembled, and really excited about the year ahead. We've been saying it on the podcast, chap, for many, many a month now at this stage and we really want to see Carlo doing well. Unfortunately, the minors, etc. wasn't after having good results in the last couple of games that they played last year. The intermediate team as well, you know, we were hoping they were going to do maybe a small little bit better. So is there a new sense of enthusiasm or a a bit of belief uh, coming from yourself? Because I know you're a passionate man about Gaelic games. Uh, What have you brought to Carlo this year that can push them on a small little bit and get them back up to the heights that we saw them back in 2016? Yeah, well, I suppose first and foremost, um, it's just about being competitive and about getting a really strong panel together. And we've been working over the last a couple of months to do that. So we've a nice little bit of uh, work done in terms of, of getting a panel together. And no more than any county, you know, we've we've had a good few challenges with um, girls that have been involved in the Ashburn and uh, personal cups, etc. And we've a couple of multi-players um, that are dual players, we'll say, that are involved in football as well. And uh, we've a couple of minor girls as well. So um, it's, it's, it's really only now that we're really, uh, I suppose, beginning to focus up a little bit in terms of getting ourselves ready for, for the 4th of March. Um, with three really competitive games to go uh, in the league for ourselves um, and as I said to you I'm, I'm very happy with where we're at as a squad uh, and I'm just hoping that we'll bring a really strong work rate and attitude at every single game uh, we play this year and look I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll have a very strong year Compared to other groups chap I mean when you look at Division 1 there's uh, four or five matches in it you only have the three league games in it with uh, two groups of four in it um, while the league might suit other teams does it suit Carlo to have 
so few games with only the three games like there is eight teams in that division they're split into two groups of four and I'm just looking at the format here uh, with the top two in each group going into the division three semi-finals and the bottom two in each group going into the division four semi-finals where the winner of division 3A will get promoted to division 2A because as far as my knowledge uh, lets me know is the three B's actually for the teams uh, that have two teams in it so the likes of ourselves and Kilkenny and Galway etc um, so there's no automatic promotion for uh, the Division 4 winners so there's not as many matches would say for the likes of Carl or Roscommon Lout than maybe Galway or Kilkenny or Wexford or them are having is that a, a detrimental factor to trying to go forward and get girls game time or having the small games uh, and the small number of games are you able to focus more on the opposition? You, you, you can look at it either way, Martin, or you could approach it either way. We, we've been very fortunate. We've known from a long time out uh, that our first competitive match uh, was going to be on the 4th of March. So uh, we've had six or seven challenge matches uh, over the last number of uh, number of months, which have been brilliant for us. You know, we've played the Kenny Intermediates, we've played Wexford Intermediates, we've played Waterford, we've played Carlo IT. Uh, on a couple of occasions so we've had some really really good um, challenge matches and we learnt a huge amount I suppose about ourselves as a management group but also about the players um, so whilst whilst there are only three competitive games for us in the league uh, we've had plenty of games um, so we're, 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 we're well ready and well tuned to, to hit the ground running as say we are probably guaranteed a semi-final one way or another because with the teams that might not finish in the top two in each group they will obviously have a, a semi-final then uh, in the Division 4 with the other teams as in it um, but no doubt that you'll certainly be pushing on for that uh, semi-final spot and trying to get promotion from the Division 3A up into 2A which would be absolutely great for Carlo and so beneficial for the promotion of Camogie and for the players themselves to do so well. Yeah, well, absolutely, Martin. Let's make no bones about it. That is the, the ambition that we have as a squad, uh, as a group of players. It is absolutely our ambition to, to get promotion. Uh, we want to move up the ranks. Um, but we know to get promotion, we need to put in really good performances and we need to have a really good attitude and a really good work rate. Um, you know, a really good spirit amongst the group. And um, look, I'm, I'm very happy where we're at. Um, and we're just bursting to get stuck into action and get games. Uh, and after the three games in the league we'll see where we're at but it's absolutely our ambition uh, to get promotion I know you are a Kilkenny man have you seen much of the Carlo club scene uh, over the last number of months uh, since you've been appointed as the Carlo manager um, and my question also to you is Michael are going so well in Camogie in Carlo the fact that they are going so well and there's not too many teams coming up to them at the minute is that detrimental to Camogie in Carlo at the minute that they are so successful or is it just up to the other teams now to come up to that standard? Yeah, well, I suppose, first of all, just in relation to, to Carlo Camogie, I'd be very familiar with Carlo Camogie. Obviously, I went to school in Burris Vocational School, so I would be familiar with a lot of the players um, that would have been, you know, a lot of the Maestro girls and Bannockhill girls and Mullister Rangers and Seven Islands, etc. So I'd be very familiar with the Camogie scene in, in Carlo first and foremost. Uh, but regarding Michel, I suppose that Michel have been the kingpins of Carlo uh, for a long time. And uh, we have a good group of Michel girls in with us this year. I think we have 11 or 12 uh, of the Michel panel in with us. Uh, we have a squad of 36 we're carrying at the moment. So we've got a re- great reaction from all the clubs. Uh, I think these seven or eight different clubs are all represented across the county. So there's some brilliant players in Michel, but there are some brilliant players uh, in other counties as well. Uh, and I suppose it's, it's, it's the management's job now, I suppose, to put the infrastructure there to to allow the team be as competitive as possible to compete uh, and to have that drive and ambition to, 
uh, to hopefully win something at the end of the day. And before anyone starts hating me or being bashful either, I'm not being bashful to Moishal either. They're a great uh, club and we wish them every success as well. Just asking the question because we see what happened with the likes of Ballygunner in Waterford and maybe what's that doing to, to hurling inside in Waterford as well. But um, I suppose the split season to yourself, chap, as well, you're now on both sides of the, the coin, as the fella says. You are a club manager, obviously, training Clara in Kilkenny this year, again, from what uh, my information is telling me. Um, and you have the managerial role then with uh, Carlo with the inter-county scene so the split season helps you to that effect but where do you stand on the split season now that you can see it from both sides of the coin? Yeah I suppose look, I, I, the one thing I, I, I love about the split season is that I suppose the, the, the club and the inter-county is completely separate so from the club perspective when you do get the inter-counties back you have them 100% and that's really really important uh, for the club that they get access to those uh, I suppose stars uh, on, on the county scene on the inter-county scene so I think from the club scene whilst you'd love to have your players all year round um, I think it is great that when the, when the county is over that when they're back they're back and you can get a really good run at it um, and I suppose from the inter-county side of things uh, on the other, put my other hat on Martin I suppose it's great to know that when you have the players in with you that you have them there and you can get a good bit of work into them that you're not um, you know missing them during weeks and they're going back here there and everywhere that you have the group of girls together uh, for the five or six months and you can try and you know make incremental improvements to get the best out of them as, as, as time goes by so I'm a, I'm a big fan of the split season um, I think it's uh, I think it has worked last year um, I'm sure there are other people out there who might not be as big a fan as me but I, I genuinely think it's uh, it's probably the, the least worst way we could work it I think it's uh, it, it's it's working pretty well and uh, gives everybody everybody a chance whether it be an inter-county player or a club player uh, to get access to, 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 to loads of game time and that is the important thing as well to get players and to get them plenty of game time as well. The players in Carlo Chip, um, we know that they're brilliant players. You know, they have been, they may not have had the success recently. So how much of a task is it to build up those players' confidence and get them back up to the top table? Yeah, well, I suppose look, the reality is, Martin, last year in 2022, Carlo won one competitive game. Uh, and that's the reality. And that's where we're coming from. Uh, so the first thing um, we're looking at is to be competitive as a squad. Um, but I can assure you there's no lack of ambition amongst the girls um, that, that are with us at the moment. And look, I wasn't there last year, so it'd be unfair of me to say who was in or who wasn't there and like that. All I can say is since I've gone involved, uh, I've been absolutely delighted with the attitude of the girls. Uh, I've been delighted with their uh, coachability, uh, that they really want to learn and they really want to improve as players. And You know, there's some fantastic girls there that, that you know, uh, young girls with huge potential and huge talent and I suppose it, it's given those players an opportunity to showcase everything that they have and it's to try and get into the uh, semi-final and final stages and, and be competitive and get that little bit of glory uh, and hopefully inspire the next generation of young girls coming through them. And you have a little bit of time to do that as well because while the league is important to get good results because you're a new manager as well it may be a chance to get you I suppose the opportunity to see new players maybe emerging that uh, you know are coming up either from minor grade or has been minor two years ago um, because you have a couple of matches in the league you're then going with a small bit of a break before the Leinster Championship but you then have the Leinster Championship before the All-Ireland Series and I know from talking to Brian he always feels that momentum is great going into the start of the Championship so a good run in the, the league and in the Leinster Championship as well wouldn't do you any harm going into the start of the championship in uh, the latter end of May, beginning of June there? 
Absolutely. It's so important for us, especially given the year we had last year. It's so important for us uh, as a county and as a squad that we hit the ground running, uh, that we get some wins on the board early. Um, and then, you know, as I said to you, please God, to get to a semi-final or a final, Martin, you know yourself, anything can happen when you get to those uh, those finals. But, yeah, I mean, the, the league is coming quick and fast and then we're into the Leinster Championship part and, um, look, we'll be, we'll be eyeing a final spot in that as well if, we, if things work our way and, when you're into the All-Ireland series then we'll worry about that when we get to there but uh, look the league is there it's in front of us uh, and as we spoke to the girls last week it's, it's not about three months time or two months time or six months time it's about now and it's about next week and it's about getting performances and getting wins on the board uh, and getting the confidence up and building the momentum um, and see where that'll take us Exactly and the fact uh, getting to Crow Park as well I mean it is what we now near seven years since uh, Carlo graced the hallowed turf of Crow Park at that famous day back in 2016 so as you rightly say the league is an opportunity to get back there and put a bit of confidence in the girls win a bit of silverware and as the fella says you can't beat uh, success when you're going forward and a couple of good runs in the league and in the Leinster Championship as well you know God only knows what would happen then when it comes to Championship time Absolutely, and I suppose look. I suppose this year I'm very fortunate. A number of the girls that were involved in 2016 are involved again with me this year. The likes of Kate Nolan and Kira Quirk and uh, Ali Rashidsko and Michelle Nolan. You know, we've a lot of girls that were involved seven or eight years ago, so we have a nice blend of experience uh, there. Uh, but we've an awful lot of really strong youth coming through as well. Girls that are 18, 19, 20 that are, uh, are chomping at the bit to get going. So we've a lovely balance of youth and experience. Um, and yeah, so look, as I said, we're we're we're, we're chomping at the bit now. We're we we saw the the weekend's action and we've to wait. We're not playing this weekend either, so uh, we, we've another week to go before we're out. But we're we're bursting to go and we want to hit the ground running and uh, see where that takes us. Well, look, we certainly wish you all the very best, chap, in your uh, new endeavours up there with Carlo. And as we said, we really want to see Carlo doing well. There are neighbours, and we will be highlighting all of the facts. And you never know; every Monday we might be getting a phone call off you to see how the games went at the weekend, and with the games coming up forward as well. And we look forward to hopefully being a very successful year for yourself and for the Carlo girls as well. Absolutely, Mary, be the lighter. Absolutely, no problem at all. Perfect. Chap, thanks a million for taking the time out to join us on Come On Kind this evening and we wish yourself and Carlo well for 2023. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. That was, of course, Peter Chapclear, the new manager of the Carlo Intermediate team. Anya, a good fit for Carlo? Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant appointment for Clara or for <coughs> Carlo. I think, you know, definitely what he brought to Clara last year uh, and if he brings that towards Carlo this year, this is going to get so confusing. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I suppose, like, it's just his manner as well. I found, like, I found when, like, he was with Clara last year, like, it was his manner and the way he kind of, you know, went about his business as well. Like, it was it was just so well done. It was so professional. And uh, I think that they're going to absolutely love him in Carlo and I think he's going to do, I think he's going to go places with them. I really, really do. It's an excellent appointment just pity it's not in Kilkenny and I know that's I know. a terrible thing to say but it is it's a massive pity but I think he will do absolutely brilliant with him I think they'll really really get on with him I think that they're I think that they'll really buy into exactly what he's doing like he has all the experience in the world he knows how to win games like he has he has a really good success rate so yeah it's it's brilliant it's excellent to see and I think you know it's certainly going to maybe help bring back that Carlo power again and see them on the rise 
well, hopefully, um, fingers crossed, you know, we could do with Carlo being on the rise again because we want to follow their journey as much as the Kilkenny girls and hopefully that we can do that with uh, Chap and all of the Carlo girls as well and we wish them the very best of luck as they start their campaign in the 4th and 5th of March and we'll be previewing that game next weekend as well. We have one more interview to come this evening and it's a very special one because I managed to catch up with Brianna O'Regan. Brianna is the goalkeeper for Waterford. She plays her camogie with De La Salle where the game is being played at the weekend as well in her home ground. So that'll be a special one for her. But Brianna, I suppose, has a more interesting story and it's a heartbreaking story compared to other players when it comes to being a child or their childhood and how things can get turned upside down uh, and it's a really interesting one and I've read articles about it before um, and I've heard her interviews uh, on other radio stations uh, as well that she's had to being given and she speaks so well um, and she gives her so much time as well to uh, young girls in De La Salle by coaching them uh, and on to the Waterford Development Academies that's going on as well so she really has become a real role model in war for delighted that I got the chance to have a chat with her and I did catch up with her earlier on this afternoon as well and here is Brianna's story and we first of all started talking about the National League game I am absolutely delighted to be joined on Come On Kind this evening by the Waterford goalkeeper Brianna O'Regan Brianna how are you this afternoon? Good, Martin. Good. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, myself and Brianna would know one another fairly well. I've refereed many a game with her with De La Salle inside in Waterford, which is her home club. But she has obviously been playing on goal for Waterford for many a year. And you had a very uh, comprehensive win over the weekend, Brianna, against Offaly, scoring 4.22. And I believe your club mate, Beth Carton, was to the four. Would I be right in saying 2.14 she got in total? Yeah, Beth scored um, 2.14 that day. Um, I suppose the scoreline didn't really reflect on how the match really went. Um, it was kind of tough conditions and obviously, uh, obviously plus us um, to the fourth. So, uh, yeah, it was a tough match. How are you finding the new format this year? Because obviously, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, you would have been playing Dublin in that relegation battle. Lost out to them by a solitary point. But the restructuring of the league this year to have 12 teams up in Division 1, albeit split with Division 1A and Division 1B, there's a lot more games in. There's plenty of opportunities to play different counties as well. So how do you feel that the new format is going to work out this year? Yeah, I like it anyway. Having a match week in, week out, um, it's kind of good. Kind of, you know, just have to get your recovery in and um, just be ready for the week ahead. Um, but yeah, no, I like it going forward. Um, it just keeps on your toes. I'm always interested because I know the brother at home was a goalkeeper as well but what on earth possesses a person to go and play in goal I mean I always feel that you have to have a bit of madness in you because it's probably the loneliest and worst position that anybody could play on the fields and I think you've nearly been playing on goal all your life have you? Um, no I haven't uh, Joey Carton put me in there under 14 when we got to the Fela in Croke Park um, I was playing centre forward all the way up <laughs> um, but yeah no since then I've been thrown in on goal but yeah no um, it was tough at the start um, not knowing how it would work out I suppose 
Um, but yeah, no, I kind of like it now. But if the goal goes in, you'd be kind of kind of had to get on with it. I suppose at this stage now, um, God, if I was younger, I'd be kind of kicking myself like how did I save that and such. But like it's always next ball, and I do have a bit of a mad streak in my head, I suppose. Well, you've pulled off many a great save, including from our own county here in Kilkenny as well over the years. But I suppose the pinnacle of your career, uh, albeit, um, not too sure, were you there in 2015 when you won the Intermediate? Yeah, I was, yeah. Did last year in the All-Ireland semi-final against Cork trump that day in Crow Park winning the Intermediate final? Because obviously for Waterford to get to their first ever senior semi-final, um, it was a fantastic achievement for yourselves. And... Just a bit unlucky on the day, maybe a small little tweak here or there, or a couple of more scores. You could have been maybe playing in your first ever All Ireland final at senior level. Yeah, I suppose when an intermediate in twenty fifteen was kind of um, the cherry on top, I suppose. But when you got to the the big stage and coming see up to senior and stuff, um, getting to our first semi final, um, I suppose we would have loved to kind of kick on and get to a final. But yeah, no, it's well up there now, I suppose. Um, Hopefully now we'll just drive it on this year again and get back there and hopefully get one step further. You have a couple of managerial changes every so often uh, down in Waterford, which is not great for continuity, but you have a great man in the name of Sean Power gone in with you this year. And for many people who don't know Sean, he was obviously involved with uh, Waterford GA and with the under-20 hurlers for many years and had success with them as well. So what's it like getting Sean involved now with the county setup this year? I suppose if Sean went into any inter-county set-up, look at his CV, he'd get any job, I suppose. Um, yeah, no, he, um, he's from my original club, Mount Sign, so he's um, a great club man of mine. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to have his knowledge and his um, hurling brain and stuff that he, he brings to the table, I suppose. So hopefully now we'll be able to push on and be able to um, deliver on the top stage. And we really need you to be delivering on the top stage because it was great that you beat uh, Limerick in the quarterfinal uh, last year in Thurles. It also got a monkey off the back down there as well with the in or the quarterfinal stages, I should say, were after losing a couple of them. So the plan now this year is to go well in the league, I suppose, have a good run maybe in the Munster Championship and then tackle the All-Ireland Series when it comes up. And hopefully the plan, Brianna, is to get back again into Crow Park for the semi-final and push one step further this year and go to the final. Yeah, that's it. So you just have to kind of take one match as it comes and one kind of campaign as it comes. So the league is up first and we just have to get over that hurdle and just kind of get uh, whatever is in our way kind of out of the way and just kind of get get over it and just kind of get back to where we want well hopefully as fingers crossed and everything goes well because you are the neighbouring county and obviously uh, I have been involved with uh, refereeing inside in Waterford over a number of years as well and it's great to see Waterford doing so well and all that I suppose on a personal level a lot of people that listens to the Come On Kind podcast here might not uh, know exactly I mean a lot of kids grow up and they have turmoils in their life and throughout, but unfortunately, uh, you had as well. Um, and for anyone that don't know your story, maybe you might like to share it with us. Yeah, I suppose um, when I was seven, uh, both my two brothers and myself lost uh, both for parents and a little sister in a house fire here at home, Waterford. 
So we um, live with both my grandparents, um, Patrick O'Regan and Joan. Um, yeah, no, they're they're great to us. And my auntie Karen Butler, she's um, she's top notch. She's always at all of my matches when she can. Um, but yeah, no, I kind of have to um, kind of get on with our lives. And like, unfortunately, life don't stop for anyone. So I suppose every day you wake up is a good day. So yeah, no, it's um, it's tough, but you have to kind of get on with it. They'd want you to get on with it. Well, I can't even imagine at seven years of age what it would be like to lose, never mind one parent, but both parents and a sibling uh, as well in such a tragic circumstance. I mean, how exactly does one cope at seven years old or did you really have any comprehension of what was going on at the time? Um, yeah, I did. I suppose myself and my older brother would have had um, a great knowledge of what kind of went on, but my younger brother really didn't because he was only five um, but yeah, no, as the years went on and I got older, I kind of realised that they were never really coming back and you kind of have to um, go and talk about it and go to a bit of counselling and just kind of talk about it at home as well and making sure that their memory is never fading and stuff. But yeah, no, as I kind of got older, um, it really hurt home that they were kind of never coming back and especially getting to the top um, level as, of my sporting career and winning the county championship last year at my club de la Salle um, not having my dad at the matches and stuff but um, yeah no my granddad is always there and my auntie so I suppose it's kind of um, better than not myself Do you feel in a way that has kind of moulded you into the person that you have become today because I mean I've stood at a post many a time with you you're a fantastic goalkeeper have to say never an ounce of trouble with Brianna she's probably one of the only players or even goalkeepers that I haven't had a row with uh, during my refereeing career as well Um, and as you said your Gramps is obviously a great supporter as well so do you think that you kind of had to mature that small little bit quicker because of the accident? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. You'd, ha- you'd kind of have to. Um, my grandparents were um, pretty young when I came in, um, but they're both in their 80s now, so you kind of have to mature and make sure they're okay and just kind of um, not going down the wrong path, I suppose. But Camogie was always there for me and um, that kind of kept me in the straight and narrow. But yeah, no, definitely I matured in pretty young and um, I wouldn't really um, go back um, I suppose in maturing wise I don't think I'd um, the way I turned out um, I suppose yeah I, I pretty much matured pretty only Well I think your mum and dad would certainly be so proud looking down on you and all of you that you have achieved so far you just mentioned something there as well about having Camogie and I know a couple of years ago um, you might have heard that one of the Moonkind players Marianne Welsh was going through uh, cancer treatment at the time when she played in the county final and she told us that Camogie was a huge part of her life and kept her going through her treatment as well so how important is and I would use the word Gaelic family because I know the GAA and Camogie um, are instilled in one another below in De La Salle as well but how important is it to have that community spirit and that uh, GAA family around especially in hard times like that? Oh um, it's absolutely uh, you need it Um you need it 100%, um, be it whatever is going on. Um, could be work commitments or stuff like that, but going through um, something like that and you kind of need everyone to the fore and the Gaelic family, as you said, they're, they're always there for you and they always have your back, um, be it 12 o'clock in the night or 2 o'clock, whichever. 
uh, any time of the day if I rang up um, Joey Carton he'd um, be with me in a heartbeat but yeah no I've the, I, the loss of their Joey and the Carton family they've um, done a lot for me so I suppose having them with up in my club and just going to school with Beth as well so um, yeah no the Gaelic community really is strong should for yeah, Joey certainly is part of the Gaelic family down there. Another man is also part of the family as well. And we want to get the inside scoop here now because obviously I have a bit of knowledge with this person on the sideline. And that is the great John Milan, who of course is part of your backroom team with the De La Salle team down there as well. What's it like to have a fella like that on the sideline who is so passionate about the sport and obviously he has his own daughters involved as well and does a bit of coaching, but to have his experience and his passion on the sideline, I mean, I don't think it can be bottled and if it did, Brianna, he would be a very wealthy man. <laughs> um, no, it's phenomenal to have um such a character of John Milan on the sideline and even listening to um, his previous county final medals and just his knowledge of it I suppose um, his hurling drills his sharpness everything that goes with John Milan um, but yeah no having having him with the club is absolutely great um, I don't think I'd um, change any uh, inter-county hurler for him um, but he's a great club man well, talking about De La Salle, your next game is obviously on the 25th, which is this coming Saturday. Uh, it's against old rivals Wexford and it is in the De La Salle grounds in uh, Grace Dew as well, which is a fantastic facility up there. Um, nice to play an uh, uh, inter-county game on your home patch in De La Salle and no doubt you'll have big support there as well on Saturday. Yeah, it's um, great to be able to get up there and um, play on my home turf does that. Um, yeah, no, the crowds have, have always follow us. We'd kind of be lost without them, I suppose, and be a challenge games or going up to the north and stuff. They'd always um, travel in their numbers. So I suppose we'll hopefully now we'll get a good crowd on Saturday. And the scoop then, obviously, your county final win last year was fantastic. Your very first one at senior level as well. Gaultier has set the precedence and the mark in Waterford over a great number of years, taking over, I suppose, from Liz Moore in that count as well. The big question, Brianna, is can De La Salle do back-to-backs this year? <laughs> I don't think we've um, even thought about that, I suppose, Martin. Um, and now don't be telling me that. Of course you've thought about it. You kind of have to put it to the back of your head, um, I suppose, New Year, and you kind of have to go out and um, focus on the first match that comes ahead. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be ni- it would be nice to win. Um, but yeah, no, winning the first one now was great. So hopefully us as a club can push on and win a few more. Well, well said. And we wish you the very best of luck in your future careers with Waterford no doubt uh, we'll be seeing you against Kilkenny at some stage maybe in the league or uh, the championship in the next yeah. couple of years to come and with De La Salle as well but look I really appreciate you taking the time to come on or to come on come on kind with me it's fantastic that we're able to get inter-county players on and a perspective from other counties and I really really do thank you for taking the time out of your busy day as well to uh, come on with us so hopefully it won't be the last time we have you Thanks a million, Martin. Thanks for having me. Perfect. More than welcome. Thanks, Brianna. Thank you. That was, of course, the great Brianna O'Regan, their Waterford goalkeeper, uh, having a chat with me earlier on this afternoon. And when people think that they might be having a bad day or 
that they've had bad things going on it certainly puts life into perspective when you've had a, a tragedy happen so young and all those years ago and on you one really can't put that into perspective at all unless it's happened to you at some stage and thankfully it's never happened to any of us but to Brianna it certainly has uh, made her into one of the fantastic great goalkeepers in our country at the minute yeah it certainly has I think she kind of you know spoke about it spoke about how the whole um, Camogie family you know really kind of got around her and her family and her brothers and it, it you know such a, a tragic event like that probably shaped her as the person that she is and you know shaped her shaped her to be the character that she is and you know no matter what other obstacles she's going to come through in life nothing's going to be as hard as what she's she's after overcoming there and you know I think she can be very very proud of you know the player that she's turned into and certainly a role model that she's turned into not just for like young Camogie players in her club in De La Salle and her former club in Mansign and even in Waterford, but throughout the country as well, you know, it's um you know it's 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 a really it's it's a tough story to listen to, but it it certainly is. Um, it's a it's a lovely story to hear her talk about it and to hear her talk about how like she was so lucky like you she had her grandparents and how they always support her and her aunt as well and you know how that she has a, a, this wider family that will have looked after her and her brothers and you know have supported them and supported them through their through her sporting career. It's it's great to see and it's it's great to see her really achieving everything that she has achieved. There's so many people out there that is bashful towards the GA and the Camogie mm. community. When something bad happens, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, they all rally around one another. They get together. They help one another. They support one another. Mm-hmm. We've seen it down through the years when a tragic accident happens in a community. And I mean, I even look at Butlerstown recently when poor uh, Damien Barry um, was buried during the week as well. And I know I would have known Damien and so would Brianna, um, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, we're thinking about Suzanne and all the family there at the minute. But um that tragedy uh, out there, the whole of the community came together. He was instilled with Camogie, with the GAA, and they all came and supported the family and rallied around one another and the players themselves. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. So, I mean, people can be bashful all they want, but when you want something done and when you want support in a community to get together, there's always the Gaelic Games family is there to support one another. Yeah, it certainly has. And, you know, unfortunately, we've seen it, you know, recently in Kilkenny as well uh, unfortunately with with James Nolan and the yeah, whole Shiner, Clara, yeah. yeah with the whole Clara um, family and to you know his mum and dad and his brothers and sisters and you know I suppose the game at the weekend for Dylan Quirk from Clonelty Rossmore you know it really goes to show that okay yeah like we can give out about you know some of the things that goes on in matches and the abuse from referees and the whole lot but like deep down you know, there's a wider community there. I know, like, you know, for for me, like, I've met some of my greatest friends through camogie and through sport and that. And I think, I think that's what it is like. And no, Lillian, I'm not talking about you. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. It's a wider community. It's a wider family. And I think that's what's really, really important about GA. It's something that's very, very unique in in this little country that we have. Is that, you know, you might not be connected by blood, but you're connected by the power of pushing on a jersey or the power of like going training on a Tuesday night and holding a hurl or holding a football in your hand and it's the power of playing with kids that when you're four or five years of age all the way up to you know whatever the case may be it's the power of having that family and that group that no matter even in days where you, you give up and you're retired there's still that that's still part of your life it's still a huge part of you and 
you might not be blood related but you're connected in some way in some small part by it and that connection is very very hard to break and that's why you know unfortunately when tragedies do happen that you see just a rallying amount of support like like I seen it I seen it last year in my my home club in Gartenhoo Glen Gould there was a tragedy that happened there and like it affected a lot of people but the support that came from it was absolutely outstanding for like you know the players and the said person's family I'm not going to mention names or anything like that but like it's very it's it's beautiful it's so lovely to see the way people really actually care about each other and the way people actually really look after each other at the end of the day and I think that's what's really really important and it's great to see that and a lot of that is coming from you know just having this massive connection and this love for sport and thankfully you know it really shows that there is really really good humans out there it certainly is nice to end on a nice and hmm. sombre note for once in a while not to be giving out about uh, different people or different aspects or even fellas with whistles in their yeah. mouths going around as well True. My thanks to Anya as always to all of our contributors uh, on the podcast this evening a special thanks though to Brianna um, and to Chap Clear who took the time out of their busy uh, days um to record the uh, to pre-record the uh, interviews with us because obviously they couldn't be in studio here with us so my sincere thanks to them my thanks to Anya as always for being here in studio because let's be honest without her I can't do the podcast anyway because I'm not going to be talking for a full hour and 20 odd minutes or whatever to myself um, so it's great to have uh, Anya here as well and sure I suppose we have to thank the old producer who you know does the odd little bit beside us here but uh, no without her as well we couldn't our little trio here is uh, a nice family in a unit ourselves we like to think of ourselves as a family family are so important um, and after hearing Brianna's story why wouldn't it be don't forget if you want to listen into any of the podcasts going back just go to wherever you normally get your podcast from they are available uh, on a Tuesday evening when the podcast goes out we will be live on a Saturday from UPMC Nolan Park for the very Ireland National League round two game between Kilkenny and Galway. Myself and Anya will be calling that one and we will be back again with Come On Kind uh, next week as well with some other guests and hopefully we might have a few more surprises up our sleeve as well. But for the time being, make sure you look after one another, enjoy your sport and always remember, family comes first. See you next week. Bye. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh,